And we're back. Welcome to No Direction, the Pathfinder news, reviews, and interviews podcast. I'm Vanessa Hoskins. And I'm Luis Loza. Uh, and today we are joined by the illustrious Stephen Glicker and Mark Seifter, uh, Roll for Combat's very own Battle Zoo Masterminds, to talk about <laughs> Pokemon? No, 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 Eldemon. I'm sorry, I got the name wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you have devised uh, something... I don't think that Pathfinder fans or most like D20 system fans have ever seen before. Uh, what is an Eldemon? Please, please let us know. And welcome to the show. An Eldemon <laughs> is a sort of ancient elemental creature. They're kind of often playful, although they have different personalities. They're phased out of existence uh, the way that we understand the world around mm. us. And they often like to meld into creatures or items or locations that are sort of associated with their element. Now, when I say element, it's not like the elemental plane. There's 10 elements or possibly up to 20, depending on if um, we hit all of our stretch goals that include like music and things like that. So it's not um, really traditional elements. That's just sort of the name we use for that. Okay. So um, an Eldemon basically is hanging out inside this creature or item or location. And when you go there in the adventure, might pop out and you will have a chance to try to befriend it if you understand what it likes. And the reason we did that is I have seen some people try to homebrew something vaguely similar to like monster training. Mm -hmm. It always winds up being like Pokemon where... Sure you have to like fight the monster and get it low and then get it to join your party. And that requires the GM and the rest of the group to like really change what they're doing to put in all these encounters just for you, the person who's playing the, uh, the monster trainer. So with sure. Eldemon, the Eldemon trainer can kind of, you know, pick up Eldemon by running the adventure that could be pre-published or just whatever the GM was already going to do. All right, very cool. So, so uh, it takes that monster training theme that is so popular in like uh, po Pokemon. I know World of Warcraft did like a monster trainer. It's a, it's a very popular theme, but I don't think we've really had a successful version of it in a D20 system. What makes this version of monster training unique? What makes it work? So like I had mentioned before, one of the keys is that it doesn't put extra stress on the GM to like bend over backwards, making the adventure be about the trainer. Mm -hmm. In fact, if, if the GM wants to, and just like assuming you trust your player not to just be, oh my gosh, it's a super rare Eldemon. I found one every time. Um, <laughs> the player can just roll on tables that will include to figure out if they found Eldemon on their own. And just like as an activity that doesn't have to require the GM to get involved in it and they're going to be fine. 
the GM is able to invest in it to add to the richness of what's going on as much as, as they want or as they're interested in it. So I think that's something that's pretty different. And I haven't seen any takes that was thinking that we're thinking about how the GM and the rest of the group are interfacing with uh, the monster trainer in the same way. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I, I know that you've talked a lot about this on other shows and, and at PaizoCon, one of the things I liked about it was that rather than like you were saying, the traditional monster trainer method of like you find them and you beat them up and then you you know force them to work for you uh, and then you force them to fight other monsters. And there's a lot of, uh, moral questions when that comes up. And one of the things I really liked about the Eldamon is that you are just befriending these like spirits that even if they, even if they perish in battle or, you know, they, they fail to, to succeed, they're not dead, right? They're just, they're just little spirits that manifest and then and disappear and you're making friends with them and they're helping you of their own free will. And I thought that was a, a, a cool way to do it uh, and getting away from that go browbeat a creature and make it work for you sort of uh, mentality. Yeah. Keeping away <laughs> from like illegal dog fighting rings. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I've said it before in past interviews that um, I've actually been having this idea for a long time, like way, I actually came up with the idea before even Pokemon came out. Mm. Um, and a big part of it, believe it or not, actually was World of Warcraft. Cause um, I was a big world of Warcraft player and John stats, as you know, was like on the team and I did do the pet battles. Mm. So that's one of the areas. Like if you, I can actually tell you where the inspirations came from, came from the world of Warcraft pet battles, mm. which I really enjoyed and was fun. And I had a, a lot of the pets and the, and what actually clicked for me was the spren system from um, um, that Brandon Sanderson's, uh, novels and he has this whole system and a what's it the um um what's it called again <laughs> the, the stormlight, stormlight archive. archive stormlight archive. i can't remember for a second stormlight archive and that whole concept of spren being everywhere and in items and then you can interact with them and then that was it that was like that's what clicked i was like there you go that that sort of was like the combination of okay i think people who have tried to do this in the past or even thought to homebrew it, they literally just do it like there are monsters out there and I go find them and then I either capture them or befriend them and then they are now mine. But then you're always looking for monsters and it sort of, it sort of channels it into a very narrow column, a very narrow area of where you can find and then deal with these. And we had to come up with a way for this to work in any setting in any game, whether it's your game or a pre-written one or on the moon, it doesn't matter where <laughs> this is. It's like, it has to work. And then the spren system works because it's everywhere. And I was like, there you go. And then, so we use that system and then kind of adjust it a bit. And then I don't know if spren, I don't think they can die. Like I, I they talk about them in the book. Well, like, let's not, let's not get too far into spoilers for. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. That's no, we won't get into spoilers, but they, yeah. But the point uh, is they, they not for, the, for Brandon Sanderson's series. Really. The fan <laughs> of no direction are not expecting to come into this and get spoilers for like the latest books of Stormlight archive. But <laughs> okay. Uh, but my point is, is that they're, they, they exist. They're phased no. out. And that they they can... normally can't die. You'd have right. to do something pretty weird to kill right. them. 
exactly it's incredibly hard and yeah. very and rare with with eldamon they're they're roughly in the same place exactly uh, so i was trying to like come up with ways to explain what i was going for with these mechanics with steven and the moment i mentioned spren like he said it just clicked and he's like yes now i get it i know what you're saying mm -hmm. and i i understand where it's coming from because they're a cultural touchstone now and like mm -hmm. you said vanessa it's important we don't want like a dog fighting or cock fighting ring yeah. here so uh, these Alnaman, they sometimes playfully fight each other when they're in their normal state where they're phased out. It barely has any consequences. Like they can make a giant meteor storm fall. It's not going to actually burn the forest around them. You'll be able to hit other Alnaman that are also phased out, um, but it's not going to like char off their body or anything like that. Just at worst, they'll get tired because their energy is depleted a little. Now, when if you're an Eldamon trainer and you're in the class, you can phase them into the real world. And then things can get a little bit more real. Your fire Eldamon could burn the tree in the forest and you can burn the ogre that you're fighting. Mm -hmm. And your Eldamon can take more consequences at that point in time. However, in order to protect them, uh, there are ways that you're ba you basically take some of the consequences for them uh, in order to prevent them from suffering greatly from what happens to them okay and uh, what... so go ahead uh, uh steven uh before we get into these classes and all, all the other fan fancy stuff here, you said you've had the idea for a while now why now i mean what what was uh why why is the iron hot now for you in terms of, of bringing it over to the rpgs is it that you specifically wanted you you feel that PF2, Pathfinder Second well, Edition, is a good fit for it, or is there that, something else going on with it? That is a good question. Uh, yes, because when I read Pathfinder 2 and I saw how it was built, and it's very modular, it's almost like a computer program. Mm -hmm. It would work very well with the Pathfinder 2 system. And I wanted to do it, but I didn't know exactly how to do it. And then when Mark and I started to talk, about the monster parts system. That's why we did our Kickstarter last year. Mm -hmm. Our Kickstarter last year for Battles You Bestiary and the monster parts system and dragons was, believe it or not, that actually was the test. <laughs> that, that actually was not the real one. That was almost what? our, our I prototype. Mean, it, it was real. It was, it was, it was, it was okay, it was, let me rephrase Call it, it. a warm-up. Call it's it a warm-up. <laughs> that's a better, that's a better. Well, actually, a lot of people do that. A lot of people try to do warm-ups because I didn't want to, hmm. I didn't want to like come out with my A- plus material i put sure. them out with my a material not yeah, you, you want to test the pipeline a bit right and plus yeah, actually otherwise you might lot. burst the pipeline because you well, don't know yeah, how we to learned fulfill. a lot it, we actually yeah. did learn a lot and it was actually very useful to do um so like we're much more ahead of the game now we have a lot more art i've already worked with the production companies for like things like minis and plushies and dice like this stuff's actually in fact it's already ready to go so um i mean steven may have plushies underneath the screen right now where you can't see them. Maybe. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. The point is, is that we're way ahead of schedule. And oh, to be honest, because uh, I got Mark, man. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's such a complex concept. I mean, we're making it sound simple, but it's, I mean, you probably know, Louise, <laughs> it's so hard. We're trying to make this a system that works in anything. It can work in Starfinder. It can work in, what? you know, with a little bit of work, it can work in Starfinder. I mean, it can you'd work have to convert anything. You'd have to convert the moves, like the special abilities yeah, into yeah. Starfinder. Oh, sure. But once the you've done that, works. like if, if you're, um, it's really easy to convert the Eldamon themselves. Mm -hmm. it, they take yeah. very little time. The moves is actually 
probably a significant conversion, but they're smaller in like scope than the number of Eldamon that right, exists. Right. So and and you know, I now now's the time. <laughs> I mean, Mark and I just talked about it. We have many, many, many more books in the pipeline and in fact we were figuring out like which ones we should come out with and we had like three big ones and the first big one was monster parts the second big one is this and eldemon and there's a third one but okay know. what's what's the third that's one? next year we can't, that's we can't say, say. Can't say. Hey. that third can't one say. was almost it was going to be the second one at it first. almost was our second um, book but then that. after steven hired me he's like actually we're going to do we're ready we're going to do eldemon this time and I was yeah like, oh, okay. i was going to do the second cool. book, but then i changed it and because okay. well i felt like it was because it, it started to click and i found good artists um i don't know i just felt like also the spread explanation came in like around that time and that mm -hmm. really clicked it in for you i remember mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah so it just is like now seems a good time to do it um and quite frankly, the Pathfinder 2 system is pretty much perfect for this type of modular monster system. You and know, since we're making it so that it can be easily done into other systems, 5e is going to work great for it too. Yeah. I okay, think. yeah. I was going to say in a lot of your promotional material, you also show that it's for 5th edition. So I was yeah. I was curious about that. It yeah, is. I think I think it's <laughs> going to work great for 5e too as, as well. But like, obviously, like, anyone who has been part of creating a system probably is biased towards the ones that they made. And I certainly like the <laughs> system that I worked on too. So sure. I, I, I will probably <laughs> enjoy playing it a little more in Pathfinder second edition due to my bias, but I think it's going to work great in, um, in yeah. both systems or like Steven said, if someone wanted to convert the moves in, in other systems, you could have it in a powered by the apocalypse or something. <laughs> yeah, it should work. I mean, we're basically, and that's why I even hired Mark specifically that this isn't, we're not just coming up with new monsters. I mean, this is a system, you know, it's a subsystem, but it's almost a system. I mean, it's a, it's, it's going to work seamlessly with whatever it works with and it'll be standalone if you need it to be. And that was an interesting part. Talk, talk to me more about it being standalone. How, how does Eldamon work if it's completely without another role-playing system to latch on to? Good question. The, we've got cards for that. <laughs> so um, okay. the Eldamon Battles card game is essentially the standalone component. It'll allow you to do an Eldamon duel against somebody else's Eldamon where you just have a battle and you can do more than just one duel. You could be like, ah, oh, we each bring three Eldamon and the first two we do them one at a time and the first to take down three wins. Mm -hmm. um, but essentially it has the same moves and the same Eldamon that you're used to from playing it in 5e or PF2, but their abilities are on cards and the cards have speeds that determine when they go in relation to each other. So you play them secretly face down and then flip over and see what the other person played. So it's very simple to play. And in fact, you can create a, quote, AI that just, like, randomly plays their cards. It's not very good at the game, but, like, it does conceptually play the game in a legal way. And that also means that, like, a, a little kid could probably do it, too, by just kind of flipping over cards, uh, mostly at random. And um, a lot of the depth of the game is in the psychology of trying to figure out what people are going to do. So if I was playing on like mind, which does not right now in the, my sample have very many damaging effects and Vanessa was fire and had some high damage <laughs> ones and some lower damage that were fast. 
I was like, no, I think Vanessa's going to attack me with a slow, powerful fire move. So I'll play this one that has a medium speed, does a little bit of damage, and cancels Vanessa's move as long as I came before her. So if I was wrong and she was doing a fast move, then I kind of blew it. But if I was right, <laughs> then she loses her, her move. And so things like that, thinking about what your opponent is going to do, okay. allows it to be very simple to play mm-hmm. while having a, the depth comes from the depth of like strategizing against your opponent. And the thing I think is funny is that because of the fact it's got the same names of the moves and the Alamon from, from your characters. So you can use it if other people are taking too long shopping and like, let's play a five to 10 minute Eldemon battle. Over oh, here yeah, we'll just cards. mess around over here while they're <laughs> discussing it's, which Ion yeah. stone to buy. And <laughs> faster than normal combat. And if you, let's say like um, Vanessa was playing uh, with her PF2 group and was an Eldemon trainer. And Luis is playing with his 5E group and is an Eldemon trainer. And they were just rivals and being like, ah, no, my Eldemon are better than yours. They could <laughs> both go to the card game as an intermediary and then duel each other and figure out once and for all, whether the 5e trainer, uh, the 5e team that Luis brought or the PF2 team that Vanessa brought would win. And since they've converted to cards, it's like a lingua franca for it. Mm -hmm. As you can see, this is why I had to bring Mark on board because (laughs) it's fairly, it's one of these that's very complex to design, but it's going to be very hard hard for us. It's hard for but us. It's easy for you. For, it's it's going to be robust. very, very easy for you. It's going to be very robust, very, very robust, very bulletproof, and they it will be um, yeah, it, it'll work. And I see Kasuni Warlock wanted to know if we have a card. Uh, of I, all the art I have, I don't have the cards yet. We have the Elder decks, which I, I saw you yeah. pop up there. Yeah, I did flash that real quick. Uh, yeah. That's as close as I think we've got. We don't have that's seen as the close as cards. we get. Yeah, yeah that's not one of the be... cards. No. but that's an Elder deck entry. It's an Elder deck entry. But but it might actually be a similar. I can't. I kind of like the style we came up with for the Elder decks. Mm-hmm. So we might have a similar the style. The Eldamon way... card for the Eldamon that you're putting out might have some of that information, mm-hmm. but more on a more on like a card like pl- maybe playing card size not like that sort of uh what do you call that a, it, there, it's a portrait versus layout view um, yeah, yeah yeah it's it's yeah the elder decks the point is is that the way it works for card games and i do have experience with this just my magic background it's like if you ever seen magic players like it's just literally just card stuff written on it like mm-hmm. it, the the design is way 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 done last because uh, you have right it's the design the function actually makes the design for card games so we have to actually make sure the game That's works right. before we can do the design like so if i played the pathfinder adventure card game yeah. when they like had made their first things it was just on a white yeah, piece of That's like a notepad thing yeah. that they had that they had printed down like some very simple text on it. Yeah, because card card designs have to have so much information on them that there's a science to it. So unfortunately, I could fake it, but I didn't think it was fair, and I didn't want yeah. people to get upset. So I'm just being honest. That's like how it works. But Plus, the Eldex entry <laughs> might be like the Eldemon card, but most of the cards you have will be the moves that you're playing. Right. Uh, but oh, that I see sense. people in plushies. So okay, we have so many things to show. I can show the By plushies the way, this again. Is, we should tell you that this is a Kickstarter that goes live on July twenty sixth. Yes, you did yeah, mention. We didn't stretch actually goals say that at this point. That you can Which go to. I was gonna. I was gonna come back to that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, but so July twenty well, sixth, huh? July twenty sixth. July two weeks. Okay, and, so uh, you showed us. Kickstarter.rollforcomma.com. Some... Yes. 
Oh, there we go. Yes. <laughs> you should have so many pictures. Art. There's like three books and five decks and some dice apparently that are free in the first 20, 48 hours. Also, one of, one of the three books is 13 books. Yes, it's actually 13 books. So Wait, the dice, what? you don't get the dice in the dice. But that's actually a little deceptive picture because you don't get the dice, but you get the dice um, box. box, right? So oh. last year we did, it's actually really nice. Last year we did a soft um kickstarter we did as like a soft container and okay. then you keep was your dice scroll in case last scroll time? case yeah, yeah and then you unscroll it this one's a hard case and it actually has it's actually nice leather hard case and it has little foam in there where you can put your dice mm. so you can keep one set of your special dice and you know which set that is and you want to put your your best dice in this one you can put them in there or you can actually take the foam out and then you can just put tons of dice in there. So it's up to you. It can go either way. And first 48 hours, if you make a physical purchase, you get it free. <laughs> and this thing, I think, is sold like a Gen Con for like 20 bucks. So, I mean, or something oh, similar. Yeah, something I mean, it's similar. actually really it's, it's nice. It's real leather. It's real pseudo leather, I guess. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and then, um, and then, yeah, we have... If you bring back up the graphic, yep. we have the Eldamon book itself, which will have a lot of stuff in it. <laughs> it has the rules and all the Eldamon. I mean, that's everything be- we said, plus the elemental avatar class that we haven't even talked about in this interview, yeah, which we'll talk about in a little while. Is that oh, we've been okay. talking mostly about the Eldamon trainer uh, almost exclusively in all of these, but now we should probably one day, like today, maybe talk about the Elemental Avatar, which is also a super cool class, because there's two classes, although we talk about yeah. one all the time. Wiki. So I remember you mentioning before, I think it was at PaizoCon, about how you could also just learn the element powers, like the special powers from the Eldamon, and then use mm-hmm. them yourself. Is that what the sort Avatar of. is? That's that's close. Okay. You, you can't just like go up to a squirrel ash and be like, hey, buddy, <laughs> teach me fire or like with chill out or with, with cold. But um, as I mentioned at the beginning, they're kind of phased out. They like to like go into an object or creature or something like that. And we're going to have some like rules for if the GM feels like it and in inside of your fire giant is a, like a fire Eldamon, maybe you can give it one of the Eldamon moves that the Eldamon has because it learned it over time. Or maybe you, since if your sword has a fire Eldamon, it, it can become a relic with a fire seed if it's just hanging out there. But what if you have an Eldamod that's hanging out inside of you and is kind of tired and it's not going to leave. It's just kind of hanging in there. Well, then you might become an elemental avatar and that allows you to tap into the power of the Eldamod that's sort of phased into you and it's part of you. And so whereas an Eldamod trainer is more, you know, like I'm going to use charisma and make all these friends and I've got all these friends. The elemental avatar has one Eldamon inside and they might use their wisdom to commune with the Eldamon that mm. is kind of sleeping within them and unlock the power. So they're shooting out cold blasts and doing all of these things themselves because of the Eldamon inside. And of course, if your GM says, look, I don't know what to tell you, but I'm not putting any of these monsters in here. I am the monster Grinch. But I do like <laughs> that there are 10 elements or maybe 20 with the Kickstarter these seem like cool abilities, then you could be like, can I play an elemental avatar, but just not say there's an Eldamon that I'm communing with and they, they might let you. Sure. Some so sort of elemental spirit. Yeah, the element, the Eldamon lives within you and then you can use the powers of the Eldamon through you 
and yes that's basically it <laughs> and there's lots of different eldemons and lots of different elements so and we have weird ones like it's yes we have fire and ice but we have time in theory time death music depending on stretch goals we'll have Eight. death no matter what i think yeah um mm-hmm. music is the, or metal metal's actually the one music, that's very metal branded. and time are all ones that we need we need mm-hmm. to have um mm-hmm. a stretch goal for mm-hmm. so yeah there's um so you can be channeling music elemental power through such so like as metal as yeah. metal Okay. Yeah, you basically would do the air guitar, except it would make a real guitar because mm-hmm. of the music uh, Eldemon within you. Perfect. <laughs> so, so yeah, we're trying to cover both bases. Though, like if you if you want to have the power of Eldemon but not have cute Eldemon in your game, you're like, fine, GM. I'm gonna have the Eldemon inside me, and I know I have a cute little Eldemon sitting inside me all this time. And, you'll and everyone's never have like, to see it. <laughs> you need. <laughs> Uh, therapy and you're like no no really I am possessed by an elemental creature I am you see, like, there's an otter inside of me or look <laughs> there's have... a snake in Stephen's that, shirt again that does that, sound how did it get in there I don't know I'm 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 the snake oh oh so yes and that's the other thing this this time who doesn't like plushies I mean one of the main aspects of this so was to make this friendly for kids and parents and adults because i know a big segment is parents and fathers but when it get it's funny i uh one of the best-selling games is um like um my little pony and they're like what why is my little pony so popular it's because fathers like to buy it so they can have their daughters get into role playing and it's 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 a it's a big segment it's bigger than you think so one of our big aspects was to make this very family friendly and make it so that you can play with this with your kids. And because these Eldemon are in anything, you can just literally run a game of social encounters and still have Eldemon show up and you mm-hmm. can recruit them. You don't need to even fight. And then when the Eldemon fight with each other or battle, should I say, they play. It's like play fighting like dogs do. Mm. So they don't hurt each other. And yes, there's a winner and a loser. But as the GM, you can describe it as maybe dogs like, oh, the dog gives up or the Eldemon gives up. And that's it. And then they they're kind of drained off. of energy because yeah, they lost. That's and that's how you determine they lost. They kind of like stand down. They're <laughs> unable to continue fighting. And then before that's long, all. in a few minutes, they're they're fine. But yeah, if so you phase them thing. into the world, that's a different story. But in most Eldemon battles, what they would do in nature, or if you weren't an Eldemon trainer, that's it's it's like just a, a fun thing they like to do. So I have the snack, which everyone yes. has seen. Its name is Lotus Snack. Whoops, Lotus I snack. the mic. I have, Lotus Snack. These are not S-N-E-K. final, by the way. I actually have, I actually got a word from, they actually sent me second prototypes. They look oh, really? Better. Yeah, oh. yeah. And um, they look way better. And I'll show oh, you. Oh, do you have that second no, prototype? No, I don't. I just, or they're on the no. way. Okay. I just got a picture from the <laughs> nice, manufacturers. Nice. And this is uh, even I haven't seen honor. the second prototype. No, you have not. But then here, this one's brand new. Okay. I've not shown this one only in pictures, but this is Who's that Eldemon. It's Terrapoof. Terrapoof. Look at him. Look how big he is. And he's fluffy. Look how fluffy he is. He's so soft. Ooh. And so, like, for example, they made a mistake like these. They said they're horns. These are actually ears. So they did a new one where these actually are supposed to be their ears. So the new version will have the actual ears. But this is uh, at one of these are at the top tiers, but they're very reasonably priced. And I'm even making it so that you can pick which ones you want, sort of. <laughs> We're oh, doing them in sets. Interesting. 
Interesting. Yeah, so. That's then, good. That'll make it easier oh. to add more to the Kickstarter. And then the cat, yes. uh, the Earth cat, which everyone loves, especially Vanessa. Yes. Like the new one, like he weren't supposed to have uh, gray. So the new one actually has brown. He looks way better. So he actually matches his body. Okay. And you can see like the gems. And this so although the side, this... show his tail. It's got like gems and crystals. It's, yeah, the crystals all it's funny because it. it looks it looks kind of tough, but it's extremely soft. In fact, that's what I said. I'm like, oh my God. I mean, like, oh, my God. But it's like, oh wait, it's super, super, it's super because soft. they're so good at getting the patterning to make you think it's made of earth. Well, that's what Even I thought. I, when I saw right. it, I was like, oh, that doesn't look so great <laughs> in the sense that I'm like, oh, no. And then I'm like, oh, it's so soft. And then it's actually his eyes. Actually, this is stitched. And then even little things. But these are like the details are incredible. Um, as again, I'm using the same one who did uh, Gallant Goblin and Tentacle Kitty. Um, so they they know what they're doing. And you've seen the Gallant Goblin one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those kobolds are mm-hmm. great. They're really good quality. Mm-hmm. So the quality of these is really good. And again, the point of these is if you have kids, I mean, who wouldn't want to like capture, capture, befriend this one and then bring them <laughs> on and then have them at the table. And then it's like, you know, and then I'm sure there's some adults, <laughs> Vanessa, who wouldn't mind well, to have some of these. Maybe. Or Mark, who, who who's sitting next to how many plushies right now? Let's see. I've got a bunch of Linda's plushies <laughs> over here. There's this this um, fungus slushy and this other leshy and... I've got a uh, bat and I've got a snake. So and they're pretty big. This one's this is the uh, uh this the is squirrel. Squirrel ash. Squirrel squirrel ash. This guy he's changing a little, we're trying to redo his hands. We're also these supposed to be brown, mm. so we're redoing them to be brown. But they got the tail. I mean, look at that tail. Yeah, the tail's okay, definitely tank. got the blue stripe yeah. on it too. And he's got because this supposed to be actual fire. And then mm. if you want, you could snip this is connected, but you could snip it off if you really wanted to. But you oh. can see. Like and the quality is like really good. Oh, and so, it's sitting. Um, it's sitting up now. Is that a newer one? Because wasn't it like? Oh yeah, the other fours? one. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't it on all one. fours originally? Yes, that's the old one. This is the new one. Okay. This is the one. So this is actually up. a second generation. This is a second ash. generation. I'm gonna get a third one pretty soon. So and I have a few more, but you can keep going. Vanessa. I do want to address a couple questions from chat. First of all, Bacon Gollum says that uh, they will only buy gold foil Eldamon cards. Are are you gonna have a special hologram and gold foil cards it's not a a, like a collectible chase situation where you have to buy packs like we want to give you all the thrill and excitement of being able to collect things in game with none of like the like kind of i i won't say like evil but manipulative sort of like marketing thing to try to addict people into buying lots of collectible stuff so if you buy like the fire and ice deck it has all of the fire and ice Eldabon and all of the moves that you need. And then you just get it. So you get everything you need. And therefore, it's pretty like we're not going to randomly give some of them as foil. Like, right. Now, okay. the, we, we, we might wind up with special promo cards based on stretch goals. And okay. I don't know what what I don't know what's going to go on with that. So I'm not going to say for <laughs> sure that they won't look different than the regular ones. Yeah, we, but... if, if anything, we might do kind of what magic does where you can have promo cards, which is the same card, but with different art or alternative art. Oh, so because cool. these are not because it's non collectible. Um, right. We will make collectible aspects, but it won't affect the gameplay in any Got way. It. It'll just affect, you know, it's like same way you can have a foil deck it's exactly the same as a non-foil deck yeah. or especially now they're doing alternative or alternate art cards we can do the same thing right 
and we can put out more moves and things like that but if so you don't have to buy them randomized you'll yeah. just be able to get them from us and one deck i mean you'll we have a season and it's five decks and right now the way the kickstarter works is you get all five so you get the full season but yeah. one deck is enough for two people to play because it oh, has wow. two elements in it and okay. it'll have uh nine to twelve eldemon in it so even if two people wanted to play i don't know if it'll work if two people want to play the same um if type. you want to play the same element it's going to be rough. a little tricky it's going to be rough but and you may have like an argument about yeah. one per- <laughs> one particular move is that you both want but, but if you did right, fire and ice one person could play fire and one person play some okay. ice but the elements can change and there <laughs> are enough fire moves especially with the existence of universal moves that you could both play fire if you absolutely right. had to you just might be like no we, i want fire whip or <laughs> no i want fire whip and then you, you just don't have, have to shuffle copies. and and distribute yeah, d- yeah. D- decide which which or draft or you draft. could, yeah. do, you or could draft. do like a snake draft for your moves if you had and to play the, off the same deck and yeah the game the is going to be complex enough that you can play it quickly which would be like one-on-one just like i play and you play and that's it or you can do draft or you can even do what I would call tournament play, which is you have three Eldemon and you literally go one after another until mm. until win. they're gone. Kind of until like a gone. traditional Pokemon where, mm-hmm. you know, you'd put one out and then next one comes in mm-hmm. and you could, even though there's only one copy of each move, like if you're like, no, I'm, I am, I am Misty, the water Eldemon <laughs> person, you could throw, have three water Eldemon because since you're not putting out your own at the same time as each other, you can grab it. Once your first water Eldemon is defeated, you can grab any moves that would have been in the second one and then put them in there. That mm-hmm. won't be a problem. The only problem is if you and your opponent both want to play off of only purchasing one deck between you, like the Greek AI from Greek mythology, and you're like sharing it all, then then you could run into an, an sure. issue. <laughs> Um, uh, you're talking about different modes of play and Katsuni Warlock in chat said, I love games where you try to gauge your opponent and then take turns setting and flipping cards one at a time, like Starstone, the Ascension. Do you think there'll be one of those where you put like three cards down and then you flip, like, these are my three moves in order and then you flip them over one at a time? Right now, right now we're doing it one at a time, but we also haven't completely finished and we have, um, some pretty hardcore play testers. So, uh, we'll see, but even though they're one at a time, they're fast. So you do that one, you figure it out, you play the next one, you figure it out. So um, you'll get through them. Okay. I'm sure there will be lots of variations. <laughs> Again, yeah. the, it's one of these, the game is in its current state, fairly robust, but simple and allows yeah. lots of different ways of play. It's easy to mod. Like for example, I'm already thinking that because like elemental weaknesses and resistances, like as you may know from if you've played Pokemon at all, it's super unfair. Like if you're like, yeah, we'll play one-on-one and I'm playing water and you're playing fire. It's just like, well, we know who won. Right. You know, it doesn't even matter. So I'm I'm assuming, and I'm going to put in there for the card game, There's that there's a mode you can play where you just ignore the weaknesses and mm-hmm. resistances so that you can enjoy the different play styles of each element and be mm-hmm. like, well, you know, water's play style against fire is pretty interesting other than the fact that it automatically wins because it does <laughs> a little bit of extra, I mean, not, auto, you know, but it does a little bit of extra damage and takes less damage. And so mm-hmm. it's pretty much going to win no matter what you do. So be like, what would happen if we turned off the affinities? So we're already thinking of variants and ways mm-hmm. that people 
if I were going to do like a tournament style of this hypothetical uncompleted card game, I would do it without the resistances and weaknesses because I feel it's more strategic. But sure. they're also fun to be like, ha my water destroyed your fire. A couple other questions from chat I, I don't want to miss. Uh, a couple from number 18. First, they ask, uh, what will happen to all of the prototypes of the plushies? Uh, can we ask for donations for charity cons? Sure. I mean, I got to get it done right now, but eventually, sure. yeah, sure. Um, right now, I need them. Right. <laughs> I need them for streams and other things, but eventually, but eventually, yeah, I have no problem with that. Oh, there goes the camera. And then you'll uh, have like a piece of history because just like how Steven has one of like the Ghostbusters insignias that his brother got from oh, being well, from in the costume of, of Ghostbusters. <laughs> That's cool. Oh. Your brother's the costume designer. It helps. <laughs> helps. <laughs> Another question from number 18. So how much do I need to save for one of everything in every tier? So I'm still working on the finalization, but I will tell you right now, there is a the very, very top tier is literally everything. The one right below it is no hardcover books it's just mm. pdfs of the books sure. um but i can't there's no pdfs for the card game there's no pdfs for the plushies there's no pdfs for dice or the elder decks books so it'll basically be anything that can be a pdf will be a pdf and everything else will be physical mm. and you won't get quite as many there are going to be choices as to like what minis or plushies you want and then the very top tier will just be so steven it's literally clarify. called everything <laughs> to clarify the one that you're talking about is the second wow. tier has all there of the go. accessories right. but it does not have physical versions of the books it has that is the only difference most of the accessories it does not oh, have all. okay it, does not it have has all. nearly all of the accessories there it has go. it there has go. for example what we're going to probably do for the minis there's going to be two sets and then you can choose okay. which set you want if you get the top tier you get both sets have and you decided so, right, on I, the price for that top tier yet? So people can start yet. saving? It's going to be, I'll put it this way. It's going to be reasonable for what it is. And I okay. looked at the savings. I mean, the savings alone was like, it was like double what the tier cost. It's a lot. Also, <laughs> doesn't lot. the top tier get special editions of the hardcore? Oh yeah, the top too? tier also gets signed special editions. Signed special editions, Limited which yeah, I didn't yeah. even know that when I first looked at the cost yeah. of it and thought it was a good deal. But like Steven is making sure that the top tier is a pretty darn good deal. Yeah. Like, I, without, without realizing that it upgraded the hardcovers into special editions, like kind of secretly behind mm -hmm. my back. I just looked at it and said the difference between the tier where you only buy the hardcovers and the tier where you get everything is like the amount of plushies you get alone. Like, cause I know Linda has backed plushie kickstarters. I know about how much those cost. The plushies you get alone probably mo pretty much pays for the difference between those tiers. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't account the fact that you upgraded to special editions, got dice, got miniatures, got like a, several other yeah. things, got all the entire card game, which was not in the one that's just hardcovers. And um, yeah, yeah I mean, I'm trying it's to, a, it's it a really good deal because uh, you know, Steven wants you to get the everything. Yeah. So he I made mean, a really good deal. Yeah. I mean, I'm making a good deal. Also, I'm trying to give things like I, I just, I'm not going to name names, but I just, I just got a Kickstarter from last year. I got a couple in. And it's funny. I was like, what did I pay for this? And some of these were pretty expensive. And I looked at them and I was like, yeah, this is okay. But like how many, 
how many DM screens do you need, man? Like, I just don't, I just don't need that many. You know, how many, like, I just don't need this stuff. It's just, I, there's a okay, lot of this stuff. I think if you get include. enough, you can have a feature wall in your office. That's just GM screens. <laughs> You're completely right. But the point is, is that. Whereas dice and minis, you can use them. Well, right. This is the thing that we do. I mean, first of all, we're trying to do things that no one else is doing. Um, like with all of our books, uh, we try not to, I mean, yes, it's a monster book is a monster book, but it's a monster book made by people from RPG superstar. So it's different, but like the plushies, they have multiple uses like, like, Oh, they're just plushies. Yeah, they are plushies, but they're plushies for the game, which you can then use in a role-playing aspect, which a lot of people like to do. They're close to the size of the actual, yeah. um, pet form, um, exactly. the they're about like, um, the real Elderman pets are like one and a half times bigger. This is about the same. This is about the right that, and the Terrapoof may actually be this the is, right size. This is the size. This is the size of the pet. I know like, that this is the, the, like the, the otter we did, we measured and was about yeah. one and a half times smaller. These but are the some right of size. them Some of them are close <laughs> yeah. to the right size. And when it comes to That's the miniatures, the right if you are normally, if you're getting a PC focused miniature, uh, that's going to be your character for one campaign. It's definitely worth it for people who like minis. But with Eldamon, if you're if you play more than one Eldamon trainer, you will be able to use like you know your Blizz Otter miniature more than one campaign. Uh, mm -hmm. So it'll be you can useful in multiple the, times. And you can use them because we, we made them battle form, so everyone gets battle form. Even if you're not a trainer, everyone can collect and befriend Eldamon in their pet form and battle form. So when you want to battle, you can be like, aha, I bring out my battle form. Aha, I bring out my battle form. Like these are the pet forms. And so all the minis They can are do the forms. play battle together. Right. The one where they just kind of get tired and they don't really get hurt, right. even without the class. That's mm -hmm. sort of how we d distinguish it. If you and just want to the right have size fun. Too. So if you want to put them on a battle map, they're the, they're the right. correct size. They're medium, which the mm -hmm. battle forms normally are. And yep. so like, if you just want to have fun, collect, See if you get all the Eldamon. You're barbarian or wizard or whatever. You can do that. And You're not going to be bringing them out in battle and yeah. like killing dragons with it because you didn't take the class. And if you do want to do that and be a barbarian, well, you can take the multi-class archetype just yeah. like everyone else. Dice or dice? Because <laughs> everyone asks they wanted dice. So we're like, fine. <laughs> so I'll give you dice. Like a lot of people wanted it. So I'll give you dice. And then the Elder Decks, actually the Elder Decks is really cool. They're hard leather embossed with gems in them and they're actually they're are really they notebooks. real gems or are they're they like notebooks kind of faux, faux gems? but they're cool notebooks they're they're very cool notebooks that you can use to keep track of your eldemon or your campaign or school or anything yeah these things look beautiful you showed us a picture i'm, I'm putting it on yeah. the screen for our, our live twitch audience um are, are those going to be like full metal embossed the way they look or the Plastic it's leather. bindings. It's leather. It's leather. It's like painted it's hard leather. leather. It's hard leather painted. Oh yeah. wow! I yeah. know. Yeah, it's that hard leather, cool. and there's. It's gems. meant to be a prop so that you can feel like your actual yeah. character mm -hmm. who's taking notes. Because in world, people are trying to figure out more about Eldabon. With Pokemon, mm -hmm. you know, you find one and you beat the kind of like the stuffing out of it, and then throw a ball, <laughs> and that's how you do it every time. But with Eldabon, um, depending on how you want to play it in the setting and we'll talk about multiple ways that you can toggle this if you're in a setting where everybody's seen them before and it's all documented and everyone has the elder decks pretty much set then maybe everyone knows a lot but if you're playing in a setting where like they've just appeared and everyone's like what's going on 
then you're going to need to be writing things down because if you don't know what the Eldamon are like and how to befriend them, sure. you won't be able to. You Because you don't just befriend them by attacking them. You befriend them mm-hmm. by understanding their personality. And for those of you who want to game the system and think, well, I could just read the manual and I know what it's going to do. Well, <laughs> we're going to have charts and you're going to roll and you're not going to know exactly what it needs to you got to feel them. it out. Yeah. Yeah. We're Well, we're still figuring this out. But in sure. theory, we're going to have charts and figure it. So it'll always be a little different. So everyone's Eldemon, not everyone will have the same Eldemon. Everyone's Eldemon will be slightly different from each other's. So I'm You'll curious. Be able to customize it. Oh, uh, what is in the book proper? What? I mean, we're getting classes, we're getting Eldemon, but you know, how big is this book? How? What, what's all in it? It's going to be That's very more. big. And um, I'm estimating it because I don't know exactly. And sure. it's going to depend on the stretch goals because um, we, we're we going to have at least 160 Eldemont. Wow. But we could have as many as 240 if we hit all the stretch wow. goals. <laughs> They're going to be at least. Uh, now, um, when Steven said that he commissioned 30 of them, uh, that is. That, that's 30 of the 160 or 240 that we'll have right. at the end. Now, each of the three forms is, is considered, considered a separate one. Eldemon number. So mm-hmm. um, Lotus Snack and then Lotus Serpent and then uh, Hydranther, it's three forms, are all, um, that's three that's of the right, 240. Yeah. But even so, so the fact that there's 240 Eldemon, right? Like if if each one takes a page and we have all the stretch goals, that's 240 <laughs> pages already. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 10 elements, but up to 20 if we hit all the stretch goals. And all those elements will have a variety of moves that you can select between. And so that is going to take a lot of space, too. That will take not 240 pages, but still a lot of space. Plus, there's going to be all sorts of like tables and ways to describe like how are Eldemon in your world. Maybe they're invisible to everyone except a few people, and that's why nobody's seen them. Like we want to make sure they have explanations so that it makes sense in your world, world lore, information about the world of Alucard and um, sort of that's the world of like the battle zoo setting and how they fit in there. They kind of are um, considered to be associated with the Eld, which is an old religion that is uh, predates the balance, which is the main predates religion. The that's... balance. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, you know what? Um, Vanessa wrote about something similar to that when she was writing the balance. She she didn't give it a name, and um, now it has a name in it. It's called <laughs> the Elb. Yeah. Um, cool. So, <laughs> yeah, basically, it's going to be long, and I I suspect that Eldamon will be the longest of the three books. The up three one. final books. Now, when, when we said that one of the books is actually 13 books, but that's because it's 12 books that then get combined into one giant book, like okay. Voltron. Or the, the is that, that's all the ancestries that y'all have yes. been yes. releasing, is that right? Okay. Yes, so we'll is. have dungeons in there, and we'll have... <laughs> we'll have demons, gremlins, intelligent weapons, dungeons expanded, oni, nymphs. Uh, we will have doppelgangers, minotaurs, slimes, and three more that have not I was like, been that's stated. It. Yeah, that's it. Don't yeah. say anymore. <laughs> I don't say anymore. Steven's yeah, so like, cut the mic. I, cut the mic. <laughs> no, no, he's been pretty good. He hasn't. He he doesn't been order too. I'm always impressed. So yeah, there's yes, 13 that's the books. order we revealed them, yeah. and that's how I make sure I don't reveal any that I'm not supposed to. <laughs> yeah. 
so yeah someone asked i see noticed that there was going to be 13 books for your monsters so that book well, you see up there that's the com that's the compilation book got it. that's so, the megazord if each the, of them is the, yeah, like, the separate the zords um right. so <laughs> yeah every month throughout 2023 we are going to release a new ancestry or race for 5a and the ancestry will be one of those. We haven't figured out the order. And it will be at least 10 pages. It'll be big ancestries, a mega ancestry, if you yeah, will. Yeah, because Paizo does four to six yes. with the new ancestry. And one case due to like shenanigans that I pulled while working on Guns and Gears, I managed to get Luis's automaton ancestry to have eight pages. Ooh. Um, Shenanigans. That, yes, but <laughs> that was the only time that any ancestry has been given more than six in its debut, mostly because you can't fit enough ancestries into a Lost Stones Ancestries guide when right. you use my plan to give them all eight pages. So uh, with Battle Zoo, we're going to give them all at least 10. And mm -hmm. we have stretch Jeez. goals to, to expand some of them, uh, but we're not going to expand them right away when we give them to you once each month because we want to make this sort of an experience that everybody's involved in so if you're part of the sort of the once a month club that's just getting new ancestries on foundry and pdf every month then you tell us what you think you want those extra pages that were earned by the stretch goals to be and what like what's missing what extra things would be cool and then we will put that in based on feedback from people who have already seen the first part of it and yeah. then all of that will be in that final giant book. So it's going to be, my estimates are that if all stretch goals are hit, the final giant book will um, could be almost twice as long as the originals, but it might, it might not really be. It depends a lot on the art and the layout. If the originals are longer than I think, then it won't be, because I know roughly how much could be added to it. And it's quite a lot. Yeah, and um, so that will work, is that starting in 2023 in January, Every month you'll get a new PDF. There's also a founder module. You get it automatically. So by wow. by um, by pledging the tier, you'll get a foundry module for 5e or Pathfinder. It is a and, deluxe module that would normally cost money, but yeah, you get it automatically. Yeah, you get it. I mean, you have to register it and then it will automatically update every month with the newest information so that you right. can use so it. So you don't have to right install away. 12 modules right. you just get one have all and the it's art. Gonna update. they'll have everything in it so you can build and use it whether That's it's cool. for pc or npc and then yeah and then the end of the year compilation book and the other thing we're doing which has actually just been added is that we will have a private monthly chat between anyone who is part of the ancestry group and that'll be part of how Mark. you help us right. figure out if if that one has an expansion mm -hmm. also um, even if it doesn't have an expansion, if you have like errata or changes before we go to the final one that's going to get printed, we're going to do it because I love mm -hmm. having my special first edition printing of everything, but I also wanted to have no errors. And I know a lot of other people <laughs> are like me. And so that's why BattleZoo always puts out the PDF first and mm -hmm. then we're going, uh, you know, we're going to fix stuff. But you know what, though, Just Steven, crowdsource I that editing. <laughs> Steven, yeah. I, I was good. I only mentioned nine ancestries. I didn't mention ones that no one's ever seen before, but we are going to reveal one tomorrow in the newsletter. And these people are here watching No Direction. Couldn't I tell them the one that's for tomorrow, at least? It's only spoiled sure. by one. I don't even day. know which one it is. Okay. Sure. It is. It <laughs> it's is a surprise the, for me, too. I told Steven <laughs> when we started and he was looking at different ones, I was like, of these, I think that 
of these ones we're doing, I think there's only one that maybe Paizo will do someday. Oh, I and this is the one. Um, it's Stenos. It's who's? Stenos. Those are a Medusa-like um, ancestry that recently came into existence in the world. So they they have a story of just like within the past century, that was when they first came into being. So the oldest Thenos out there may still, some of them may still be alive from that first generation where 100 of them were created. And um, they can have families with humans, which helps them not run into a problem with only having 100 people in their first generation. But it gives them an interesting story about their culture because they're trying to figure out what it is. And um, that is an ancestry that exists in Bestiary 3. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Gremlins and some of those other ones we're doing have been all the way since Bestiary 1. But Stenos were first seen in Bestiary 3. And as of yet, they are not a Paizo ancestry. They, I figured they might be someday, whereas like a slime... Well, probably, if anyone's going to... Slime uh, or an intelligent weapon probably isn't going no, to be but one it, in Paizo. It, it would be Luis who's the one who approves uh, it. So Luis did... Uh... I, hope uh, that's I don't smart. have that kind of say. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, it's like hopefully that smile isn't like, oh crap, we're already working. No, I, I just I'm smiling because I recognize the name. I'm like, oh, oh I know okay. these. Yeah, I just came Vanessa was like, what's that? And Vanessa. Luis is like, I know what that yeah, is. Someone, yeah, someone someone <laughs> slid this over to me. So you can take a look at at her. Uh full-on, awesome looking toga, snakes for hair, really cool looking stuff. Those look mm-hmm. like fun to play. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, their snakes are kind of fun because they they sort of do their own thing, but they're kind of influenced by the emotions that the Steno's feeling. So if the Steno's getting angry, they'll like go up and hiss. And um, what the only mechanics like that are Inc. that are known about <laughs> them is that you can see in the bestiary entry, there's a Steno harpist um, character who has a thing where like the snakes are like trying to help uh, the harpist to like look out for stuff, but they're also <laughs> snakes. So they roll like they're um, in the best year entry, at least. And we'll see if this becomes an ancestry feat or not. But they look out and roll their own perception check. And it's not as high as the Steno's perception check. And they may find something different, interesting than the Steno does. Like, oh, there's a mouse down there in the, in the field. But they will, they, will try to, uh, they will try to help you by rolling their own seek and telling you about what they saw. And hopefully it's something that you care about. And it you, might you be. You literally have an animal companion. And, and it's, it's your hair. hair. It's your hair. Uh, <laughs> so that's one of the only things that is known about them from the, from like the Paizo take on it in Best Theory 3 is that they can speak with snakes and they have the snake search ability that the snakes search also seek at a minus five and they'll tell you all about it. i kind of want the i want the magical hair uh party where someone's got like white hair that's prehensile Mm -hmm. and someone's got snakes for hair and someone's got fire for hair yeah yeah absolutely so this is a a, um a exclusive reveal for no direction before the usual time that's right we'll be even out till tomorrow that's exciting so so now you know 10 but yeah and the cool thing with these ancestries especially because is you know we did this with the with the dungeon is like these are just weird ancestries it's not mm-hmm. like oh it's another elf oh it's another dwarf like ooh what do you mean i can actually have snakes in my hair do perception checks like mm-hmm. it just does things that other ancestries just won't do so every ancestry will be really unique and and well monstrous one so. of them's a slime well, the slime, one of them's actually. an intelligent weapon that's the ancestry that's my favorite one. Oh, that's my favorite npc <laughs> one 
because again like i can only imagine like you're you go to a town and everyone in the town is an intelligent weapon but that's it the whole town <laughs> i wouldn't want to try could, to find a good place that. for dinner there well that well the, the the people that carry the weapons they have to eat yeah Oh, that's true. Depending depending <laughs> on your heritage, you probably need to have the person carrying your weapon eat, unless you're one of those ones that like forms their own body. Oh my gosh! Okay, so you can have a dungeon who is the form of a dragon who is actually <laughs> carrying an intelligent weapon. We got to figure out how many ways we can uh, mix and match all the different ancestries, Mark. Wow. <laughs> So and, I would and they were adopted that, by slimes. As they adopted by slimes. And, well, the dragon, let's see. So it depends on what is, um, some of these are humanoids, right? So the dragon could have a minotaur or a stheno as its alternate form with changed shape. And there then um, it, when it needs to, when the, um, when the intelligent weapon will say it's one that manifests its body, when it needs to go incognito, it just has the dragon carrying it. It's not going to be able to do to, to work at its full potential unless it's using its manifested body. But, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. you need to sneak around. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's at least four in there. And I, and I have a feeling that someone knows firsthand how much fun these crazy ancestries can be. Vanessa, as I know someone who's playing a dragon who seems to be having the time of her life. Uh, yeah, a being dragon. a dragon is super cool. <laughs> I, I told you, I know you didn't want to be it at first, but then you're like. Oh, I now, never knew that you like pressured her into it, Stephen. I thought no, she it wasn't really. A dragon. It wasn't that. It was just exploring <laughs> options. And yeah. Stephen's like, you could be a dragon. And and then I was like, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, I don't a know havoc, the next. Uh, have it, have it, dragon. Favorite on top. Oh, of the hot right. mess of dragons. <laughs> yes. <The> hot mess. <laughs> dragon well, hot mess. And she is such a hot mess. I do oh. like how Vanessa's playing. It is it's like so she's just constantly like, oh, I accidentally burned down your house by saving you. You know, I'm yeah. like, I save you by burning down your house. Like, it's just, did, I haven't burned down anyone's house, but I did knock their front door in. Not just on good. camera. Oh, that was <laughs> she's yeah, an you're like, inventor, you're like right? I'm coming to save you. And you smash their front door. Where are you like, stuck are you in the house? Going? Hold on. Let me just bash Why the door you... down so you can get out because it's obviously stuck or you would have run away by now. Hold on. They got, <laughs> they got like... very angry at you. I mean, we were barricaded in how dare you but i i haven't heard anyone i want to know if anyone's been playing the dungeon ancestry yet a lot of people have said they were in reddit yeah yeah cheese cheese of ages was i know it's like that's the one i want to try out all right too many ancestries okay here of ancestries i don't want to necessarily go back to the beginning of our conversation but steven you had mentioned at one point we had talked a little bit about this avatar of like you can take an eldemon inside of your Mm -hmm. character and they can kind of just hang out there and bestow upon you elemental powers now since Mark is here with us, original author of the uh, Paizo release Kineticist, and I am here, author, uh, primary oh, author boy. of the legendary Kineticist, <laughs> you can imagine how excited I am about another elemental class out there. Can you please do me the favor? I, and I know that it's been an hour and we should let you go, but I'm not no, going to. No, we'll, we'll go for it. <laughs> an hour. Have you been on our show? <laughs> yes, an hour. Preview. We're just getting warmed up. <laughs> the preview of the show that I looked at had a two hour slot so that's what i that's what i budgeted so whatever you need um so so uh tell us more about this avatar what how do they play uh how do the powers manifest do you just get like cool feats and move on or what how does that work so it's actually um as you might have predicted when you said that as someone who made a 
PF2 kineticists <laughs> are interested in seeing other yeah. elemental things. It's actually completely different from kineticists in a okay. way that in a way that sort of complements it so that you could have a party with a kineticist and an elemental avatar and a um elemental sorcerer and, uh, or, something. Uh, or like an elementalist archetype mm -hmm. from secrets of magic sure. and um maybe an eldemon trainer as your fourth one and they're all going to do different things so yeah. um let me tell you a little bit about it and why it's kind of different than all of those other ones right oh. so the first thing that you're going to do when it comes to um being an elemental avatar is embody um that's sort of at some point in time, an Eldamon decided to come and be within you, and you've become an avatar of them. Like, it's not just using the word avatar. You are, like, embodying that Eldamon. Oh, that's exclusive art. Uh, that oh, whoa, you're no showing direction. them the embody art? Nobody's yeah. seen that before. No one's I seen did. that actually, yeah. It actually has a, an Eldamon that no one's seen because oh, we don't have it. That's the rare yep. Eldamon. <laughs> wow. Okay, okay. So the second step is oh, attune. Okay. So attune, when you're attuning, okay. you're attuning yourself to the Eldamon and the element because it's staying around in you for a while. Mm -hmm. And you unlock greater potential. It often requires meditating to get in touch with your inner self. And um, that's sort of um, the next thing you do. Then um, you manifest. You manifest the elemental powers of the Eldamon that is within you. And okay. so in that case, that's you're using those elemental abilities yourself and you're manifesting them out. And then we, we have something called transcend where your increased attunement reaches the point that you actually transcend the limits of the Eldamon entirely because there's a limit to what it can do on its own. And at this point, you may have gained abilities that are like deeper into that element through the center symbiosis between yourself and the Eldamon, or even found a way to like express certain aspects of a second element with your element. So like, let's imagine you were cold because we clearly saw in that art that we are cold. Yes. So <laughs> what if I got so deep into transcending cold that I was able to infuse certain time abilities in it because I was so cold that I froze your time and uh, slowed you down. Could freeze it things in the fourth time. dimension? Now that yeah, is it powerful. It actually affected time in that area, right? So uh, you can imagine certain combinations like that and only the elemental avatar can do that. Now in exchange, like the Eldamon trainer can have like a boatload of Eldamon that they, and they can throw a different one out. Whereas like, if you're the cold, elemental avatar you're the cold elemental avatar you're not gonna be like uh yeah that wolf thing you're gone uh squirrel let's get in there uh, <laughs> that's not that's not how it works um, sure. so uh in terms of play style another thing that makes it um pretty different from well it's already different from like an elementalist elemental sorcerer because it's not going to use spell slots it's going to use like the special abilities from Eldamon. Okay. And it would be different than like the legendary kineticist because of the fact that like kineticist very much has like the 11 from stranger things vibe of like i'm gonna yeah. do this thing and i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna do it and this time my nose is gonna bleed and i'm gonna I'm do it real really big, hard to do it real yeah. big and and so um elemental <laughs> avatar is kind of almost as far as you can possibly be from that while also being like not slotted and not even waiting as long as a focus spell for things okay. um so it's more rotational. You're not going to repeat like a kineticist can. In fact, you're going to have to cycle through 
um, some of your different abilities in an, in an interesting way that's not quite like any of the classes are. So I would say that it plays the least similarly to a kineticist due to the fact that you have to cycle and at least with the elemental sorcerer, I mean, they might spam, uh, right? I, I don't know, <laughs> but uh, they probably they probably will have a variety of different spells that sure. they cast on different turns. And that's what you're going to see with an elemental avatar. So well. by the way, that um, that's not the fox. That's a wolf. That's an ice a wolf. wolf that yes, call. it is a wolf. That's what I was I was mentioning before. The fox um, is a common. The fox is there is a common force uh, Eldamon. There's a mm-hmm. fox that lives in like a, a cauldron, and mm-hmm. um, it's pretty. It's pretty cool. <laughs> pretty weird. <laughs> the wolf it's, it's, it's is actually cool. a really rare one because the uh, the elemental avatar happened to come in touch with an extremely rare Eldamon. Mm-hmm. And the artist is uh, Miguel Harkness, who does a ton of work for Paizo. For the yeah. elemental avatar yeah, elemental uh, pictures, and, there most yeah. of the um, most of the Eldamon most you've seen are Firat Solhan. Right. Well, he also did the steps for the trainers as well for the mm. elemental. Eldamon Miguel trainer. Miguel did right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a combination. There's actually multiple artists for this, but um, in fact, he did. Uh, if anyone did, um. um Oh, three ring adventure it's not the real word for it uh extinction curse <laughs> it's like i can't think of the real name uh is the, he did most of the artwork for that book and he that's the same artist so kitsune warlock says it sounds a little more similar to solarian than it does um some of the other things it's probably a little closer to solarian than oh, um yeah. i guess in some it, ways. i mean in some ways it's not completely but i would say it's certainly closer to a solarian than it is to a kineticist um hmm. due due to cycling around and using different stuff yeah sounds like very cool plus you have an eldemon in you so who knows well i'm looking forward to playing it so steven when this when this comes out uh and is ready for play plan on my my actual play character dying again and then i'll just okay. <laughs> i'll just fine make an elemental avatar that's fine i don't know at this next this fight you're in right now you might all be dying it's pretty bad oh, gosh. <laughs> it's really bad i don't even know what we're gonna do is that just like kfab steven or you actually think that you're going to defeat um them? everyone has been mind controlled including oh, the fighters that's terrible we're uh, fine they're confused so i have a feeling they might be <laughs> killing each other very quickly in this no match. we're okay uh i don't know okay i think this is kfab from steven again <laughs> i'm actually i'm actually i don't know worried. if this i'm pronouncing that right i know that's a thing though right tpk yeah, no, like well. K- KFAB is the thing where you like mock up and pretend that you're doing this big confrontation with other people when it's mostly staged and you're not going to kill them. Uh, this is real. We actually finished halfway <laughs> through the okay. fight and everyone got mind controlled and they were killing each other. And the, mo- the bad guys fine. are just sitting there like, yay, they're just clapping. We're <laughs> just fine. Like, bad guys, no nothing's problems. happening to them because everyone, everyone's getting confused turn after turn. This is what happens when you make an entire party with bad will saves, but it's fine. That's true. <laughs> Actually, everyone in the party is a bad will save. And on oh, top no. of that, it's in a weird space and it has the ability to do one of the, it's one of the, what is it? It's that- um, Steven, Steven, what? you're getting off topic again. I'm off topic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, back to Eldemon and yeah. and avatars <laughs> okay. and battles your best fairy uh, and Luis Loza. I yeah, do have me. a we do have a question from audience I want an answer to personally. You had been talking a lot about the card games and those sound awesome. And Smart Goblin asks, will there be demos at Gen Con? 
No. Not this Gen 5. No, not this one. Okay. Well, it's not ready yet. I mean, because the, the deck, the game is based off of, okay, the base game, we can play test and get ready. But the actual abilities are going to be yeah. based off the abilities from the Eldamons. And they're not done. So <laughs> I made up like I made up like Faco abilities <laughs> that are like highly speculative. And there were exactly enough to play a fire Eldamon, a mind Eldamon, an ice Eldamon, and a and an earth Eldamon. And then I played them against Linda and it works pretty well considering that I made it <laughs> so speculatively. But we absolutely, like Steven said. We need them to be the same moves from the actual game. And just because I decided that a card said like um, like Mental Palace or like um, like Glacier Wall or something like that doesn't mean that we actually are going to have a Mental Palace and a Glacier Wall. So we're going to have to right. figure out what it really is. So but, the um, process is to design the game and work on the game, then work on the Eldemon and then work on the powers for the card game and then balance that. So that's right. Now we're in the beginning steps and um, we have some pretty good. I mean, the people I have testing it are hardcore magic player, like super hardcore, like the hardest of hardcore. So I'm pretty sure they're going to put this through through its paces to make sure it's pretty well balanced. So, right. Anything else you want to tell us? Uh, Just a reminder, it's going to be on Kickstarter July 26th, which is in 15 whole days. And... I will I will tell you one more thing. Yes. Sure. Um, so we talk about Eldemon a lot because it's the thing that pe- some people are most excited about. We talk about your monsters a lot because it's the thing that other people are most excited about. And we always miss out on talking about Strange and Unusual. So that'll be the one more thing, which is so Battle Zoo Best Series Strange and Unusual. Like Steven said, it's award winning RPG superstar entrance. Um, they are even stranger and more unusual. It is judged by strange and unusual judges such as the four people who are all on the oh, show that's right, right now that's kind of um, weird. we're all really judges bad. um and not only does it have over 150 really unusual creatures and if you're subscribed to the newsletter you can even see some of the iconics being like what are these monsters <laughs> like they just have these entries where zara the monster mage is like what am i seeing <laughs> And um, but it'll also have like more imbued properties and stuff for the uh, monster part system because cool. a lot of people said we like it, but like could there be more? And there can, and yeah. there will. But also, Stephen, is it okay if I spoil the name of the other archetype, or sure. should we save that for people to figure out? No, we were gonna kind of hide it in the spoiling. next newsletter. Spoiling. Okay, spoiling. so there will be a little bit more hidden in the next newsletter, but I will just say the name of it is Aberrant Soul. Ooh. And uh, our newsletters about Battle Zoo Bestiary have mostly been Zara, the monster mage, writing journals and then sometimes forcing Kruger, the vestige hunter, to write a journal too when she thought that he messed up. And we're gonna have the next one is gonna be a journal entry from um, the iconic Aberrant Soul, who is with the two of them. And so you'll get to see a little bit more about that Iconic's perspective and like maybe a little bit about what they do because I'm not going to tell you anything except the name uh, right now. I'm going to, but I'll say in the story, they use one of their special abilities uh, against the monster. So you'll, you'll get a little bit of it. I should read that. I know, so it's very interesting. Oh, yeah, you right. should, Stephen. You, you better be ready to put Here it up. Go. Like, it's, it's uh, going up tomorrow. <laughs> I know. Well, I'll do it after this interview. Uh, okay. Let's see. Yeah, no, it's, it's yet another cool way to use monster parts because we obviously have the monster mage who can eat 
monster parts and well, get their powers. They don't eat them. They they they, they eat keep them. little talisman things of. They magically eat them. They magically okay. eat them. And then you have the vestige hunter who can eat them and attach them oh, to the body if you wanted to. If you wanted to. Goblin you vestige to. hunter. You could. You could. Right. You are what you eat. <laughs> you literally are what you eat. And then the new one, which will also have weird. You know it's, how many different ways? How many different ways can we get monsters into you? Seven. That's really what it is. It's like how many ways can you become part of the monster? And the game's still being balanced. That's the other thing. Because think about how many cool things monsters do, and everyone's like, "I want to do that." It's like, all right, here you go. You have to become part monster, but you can do it. <laughs> so that was the last thing I wanted to say. So that Very we cool. didn't like we didn't leave one of the three major prongs of it at mm-hmm. such short shrift. All right. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, when you have so much i mean what is this so it's 17 books five card decks plushies dice elder decks um did i miss something uh minis um Mm -hmm. there's a lot (laughs) it's a lot there's a lot there's a lot going on all right something for everyone and that's all on the 26th and what was the url for that kickstarter.rollforcombat.com Started at rollforcombat.com. Yeah, right now we'll bring you to a a sign up page. Um, and then when it goes live, it'll just bring you there automatically, and then you will be able to get on it. And then, as (laughs) I said, what we're doing this time, we we kind of do it already on the Discord, but a lot of these have you being part of the community to help. Like, for example, as the Elder Deck entries are made and as the Elder Mons are being made you'll be part of that. So you get to see them. So we won't all just be like, surprise. So you actually can help out. And the other thing is, as I said, for um, the um, Year of Monsters, uh, every month we'll just have a YouTube private chat uh, where it's like myself and Mark and any other developers will go through the ancestries and talk to you and anyone who's either playing them or if they have ideas. Because quite frankly, you say it's crowdsourcing, Vanessa, but I actually think of it more like these are people who are out who are playing and using them. Oh, sure. And they have opinions. And to be honest, that's been our best feedback. I didn't and mean because, it in like, a derogatory. I, I mean oh, no, as yeah. in it's a good idea to put it out there and have people be oh, like, yeah. Oh, I was really hoping to be able to do this. And you're like, Oh well, think about how many times like because I, mean, I could write it myself and yeah, it would sure. be fine. But if I but if like three people are like, Oh yeah. We absolutely were missing, and it's some weird thing that I wasn't going to think well, like, of. Then the it's dungeon was a good example because Mark had great ideas, but I actually read lit RPG and knew of yeah. the dungeon. He's ancestry. the one who told me to do it, right? And then um, he he linked me to some lit RPGs that I could look at to try to get it set up. Mm-hmm. And um, when we combine that together, right. It worked so it's out. the same thing. So it's like other people will have ideas that we might miss. And then they're like, oh, that's a good idea. We should add that like for an ooze or something or it's slime in this case. Um, we can't think of everything. <laughs> so there's only two of us for this sure. part. <laughs> so right, before we cool. have the community help out. Right, right, Sitherin? Adorable. Hi. He's All one right. of my favorites. Well, you can just sit right here. <laughs> Oops, as he falls. Oh, no. Well, thank you two very much for for coming on and talking about this. This is really exciting. It's going to mm-hmm. add a lot of new um, options and play styles and things you can do to Pathfinder Second Edition and Fifth Edition. So that's really cool. I'm looking forward to even just playing the card game just for fun. I think that'll be neat. So, 
I'm just oh. sad it's killing your dragon, apparently. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> that's true. Uh, I have please. a quick question before we let oh, you go. Please, yes. Are there the equivalent of legendary Eldemon, like one in a million or like super unique, very there, powerful? There are some that are really rare and that you're mm-hmm. very unlikely to come across. Uh-huh. Uh, there aren't any right now that are completely the equivalent where we're just saying there's only one in existence but also there are some that are kind of like a little quirky or variant like steven mm-hmm. said and so yours especially if you have one that's already really rare and almost legendary and then it has a quirk on top of that it probably is the only one in existence that that quite has that much stuff in it and we're we're considering putting something in for people who want something that's like the shiny. I want I want a super shiny, special one. The shiny <laughs> one where you it would. could just be like roll on a D one hundred and right. on a one hundred it's a shiny or like it's it's, right, it's right, right, very right. special. And then at that point you can be convinced if it was already rare and you had to roll a one hundred it's probably the only one of its kind or yeah. maybe they're one of two. I'll be honest, like during development, if this is something I mean, if people really really want this, this is something I kind of wanted to do anyhow. It's very much like the way Diablo, you know, does loot, you know, how their items are just sort of built on tables. I'm thinking the same thing for uh, Eldemon is that you're using tables to sort of build them. And if you find, a, you know, it's like you, if you find a rare one and then there's another sub table and you roll hundred, well, you probably are the only one who's going to have that one for a long, long time, if ever. So, you know, it's like one out of 10,000. So there you go. So, but even then the whole point is, is that by having these tables, because the common ones, I don't want everyone to have the same common Eldemon. I want everyone's Eldemons to be slightly different. And also if you befriend them and then you're like, Ooh, this one's cool, but I kind of want a disability. You can befriend a different one and then try to mix and match abilities or get better or different abilities. So even you'll be able to choose a lot of them too. And Mm -hmm. that'll help you create the build you want with the Eldemon you have. That's cool. I'm even talking about it could be even non-mechanical things like right. the favorite food mm-hmm. <laughs> or stuff like that. So things that don't affect actual gameplay. But more right. Role sure. Playing, so. All right. Yeah. Awesome. But Looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. We will be hard at work once hopefully the Kickstarter is a big success and then we can work on Eldemon and <laughs> monsters and very cool bestiary and then bug you guys again to judge another one probably oh, probably <laughs> <laughs> sounds great well thank you for so much for coming on the show and talking about the cool Eldemon. uh and until uh next time we're gonna go and do news and uh shout outs and such but you know uh it was great having you and i'll definitely we'll definitely have you back in the future just keep making new incredible books okay <laughs> That until seems to be one. what we do. <laughs> until the next one. Until the next one. All right. Thanks so much, you two. Bye. 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 All right, Luis, it's time for you and I to do Pathfinder News. Pathfinder News. Pathfinder News. Pathfinder News. Oh, yes. We have some news on all things Pathfinder here. Uh, This time around, we have a couple of not like tremendous, amazing, huge pieces of news, but I still still think they're exciting. We have Gen Con coming up uh, in just a few weeks. So I think all the big news from Paizo and third parties are coming very soon, but there's still some exciting stuff 
that, that's been announced in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and uh, first thing that comes to mind are changes to organized play to Pathfinder Society. Wait, what are they doing? Uh, they are making some changes to the uh, achievement points. Oh, yes, I heard about this. I'm very excited. Yes. Continue. So I think they announced this a, a little while back that everyone is going to be given 80 achievement points uh, just for their account, for, for their, their profile. At the moment they start with organized play, you'll get 80 achievement points. Or if you're already part of organized play and have a, a number and everything going, you'll, you'll get 80 achievement points now. So I think if I looked at my account now, I'd, I'd already have those 80 achievement points. But in addition <laughs> to that, um, there are a number of changes to the boons, uh, specifically the ancestry boons. They're reducing the price on a couple of different ancestries. So fetchlings Ooh. will now go down to 40 achievement points. Very affordable. Um, thanks to some changes in the setting and, and storyline and stuff going on with ongoing scenarios. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, similarly, hobgoblins are being reduced to 80, uh, 80 achievement points, which is very exciting because I've been wanting to jump into organized play and I've wanted a hobgoblin, but I didn't <laughs> want to like... I'm very lazy and I didn't want to have to play through a bunch of right. different adventures to, to, to save up the, the full 120. So now uh, I'll, I'll be able to get the, my Hobgoblin character ready to go very quickly. And then also Catfolk, just for the heck of it, are also being reduced to 80 achievement points. And this change is happening with the launch of year four of Pathfinder Society, July 29th. So just at the end of the month here, Ooh, you will be able cool. to uh, hop in with your new achievement points and also grab some of these new ancestries as your starting yeah. character if you really wanted to. I'm going to have to play a catfolk at Gen Con, I think. That, that pretty much settles it. Mm -hmm. A mm -hmm. catfolk what? Oh, geez. I, why? Uh, prob honestly, probably rogue. I don't have a mm -hmm. rogue. I love rogues. I mean rogues. And catfolk make excellent rogues. So I might just have to go a little stereotypical there. Um, but, oh, gosh, would that be fun? Oh, yeah. Sneaking around with your claws and be like... Okay. And... That'll be pretty exciting. Uh, just you know, making a lot of the ancestries a lot more accessible for people. Or if you you want to hold on to your eighty achievement points, you can hoard them for you know revives or, or whatever else you want to use your achievement points. Sure. There's no specific uh, requirements on what you're spending them. They're just kind of a, a free little uh, spending uh, money, if you will, walking around the time, walking around town, money, right? Um, sure. So that's fun. What are you um, going to do with your hobgoblin, though? I'm going to play a swashbuckler. The 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 fierce swashbuckler that you mentioned. Yes, on intimidation. Legend lore. Yes, yes, exactly. I've been wanting to do that since <laughs> I built that uh, on Legend Lore, and I I've had a, a rogue. Uh, I had a half orc rogue um, in uh, society. It's played a couple of adventures, but you know it's hard for me to sometimes get uh, adventures. Get, get into to a scenario get get into a game mm -hmm. um sure. because you know i yeah. made that character just as the pandemic started so right. going out to play organized play was much more difficult yes. but i'm willing to like <laughs> let's play online let's let's figure this out for this hobgoblin because i've been very excited to play this character uh, and now i can do it without having to uh, grind play, for points not grind i wouldn't say it's grind because because <laughs> grind to me suggests that i would have no fun playing that's Pathfinder that's 2 e for you know you won't have to wait levels. for it i won't have to wait for it i won't yeah. have to to save up for it i it will be right out of the gate i can start playing with them so well, good. that'll be fun 
Uh, additionally, we've been told that there are some changes to the various subscriptions available for Pathfinder and Starfinder, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the rule sets. So the Paizo Advantage has been changed to requiring which which different um, subscription models or subscriptions you need. So normally you would have four different subscriptions minimum to get the the, the benefits of Paizo Advantage. It mm. gives you a 15% discount on on most things on the Paizo store. And they kind of updated that list for you, uh, which now includes some of these new subscription lines like Lost Omens Special Edition subscription. Ooh. If you've enjoyed the special edition mm -hmm. versions of the rule books with their nice faux leather red yes. and, and, and golden imprint, there is now a counterpart with Lost Omens, which I think is I, I personally like the color a lot more, <laughs> not just because it's Lost Omens, but it's I'm nice sure. blue with a silver embossed. That sounds uh, really nice. That which, reminds me of like the Starfinder Special Edition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it looks very much like the Starfinder Special Edition. So the, it's a counterpart to that. Um, so that's one of the new lines. You can also subscribe to the new Starfinder Adventure line. So if you're looking at these yep. uh, pre-written or pre these modules, excuse me. Modules, uh, yeah, for, yeah, it's like their module line, yeah. Like the module line. Um, but as a result, there's also some other changes. Uh, some of these uh, existing subscription lines are, um, they're getting sunsetted. They are the Pathfinder Adventure Card Game at the moment. There, there's not any plans to continue that based on the, the blog posts. Gotcha. Uh, you can, of course, still buy copies of the, the you know, adventure card game, anything that's that's still available mm -hmm. uh, on the site. And you can all, always make your own custom cards on the drive-through uh, site. But in sure. addition to that, the Starfinder and Pathfinder pawns are getting sunsetted as well. That is, mm. um, it's been a lot of pawns over the years. So yeah. uh, it says that they're going to keep the core pawn. So the best areas in the alien archives, respectively for each game, still in stock, as long as there's still demand. But mm -hmm. there won't be any new ones for the APs or any of the new monster books or anything like that. Okay. Hmm. So if you were um, looking for more pawns, unfortunately, that that is, uh, at least for now, the end of the, the pawns line. Uh, you can always go back and buy the PDFs and, you know, print those off yourself right. if you wanted to. Or, you know, there's, I'm sure it's still a number of them that are still in stock, but don't don't expect any new stuff for uh, to be coming down the line. Yeah, I mean, those are like super useful, but they're mm -hmm. also in kind of a niche place, right? Especially yeah. because of the pandemic, a lot more people have embraced online play with virtual tabletops, yep. including at the table. I've seen people haul over like at conventions where they haul over a flat screen television and their laptop, and then they just run the whole game off of, you know, uh, some virtual tabletop locally. Uh, so we've seen, even seen that. Uh, miniatures, of course. So yeah, getting rid of the pawns line, I suppose, makes sense. It's just, it's kind of sad because they're kind of cool. Mm -hmm. And uh, like I said, the, the PDFs are always available if you want to do that. And um, yeah, like you said, very niche um, outside of the the core bestiaries in the Alien Archives. I don't know how many people were getting the pawns for the specific APs and things like that you don't need the ap pawns for you know age of ashes if you're running strength of thousands true or whatever yeah. right like so yeah those are very need, specific yeah so like, i, I can I see why this that, one npc <laughs> i can see how that came to be but um yeah new new subscriptions old subscriptions going away but uh there's uh, always i'm sure exciting stuff to be subscribing to uh speaking of exciting subscriptions the next thing is uh 
if you're an AP subscriber, is the Blood Lords Adventure Path. And wouldn't you know it, the Blood Lords Adventure Path Player's Guide is now available. So that is in anticipation of the AP releasing in just a few weeks. Does it have that really cool? Oh, oh, uh, I see you linking it there in chat. Does it have that really cool table it, in it? That's like it definitely has that table that gives yes. you suggestions, the quick rundown on on what to do, <laughs> uh, what what is good or recommended, what, what's going to show up a lot in terms of you know mm -hmm. uh, different skills checks and stuff like that. Yeah, so like you'll get a lot of investment in religion, but probably not as much investment in survival survival or something because yeah. you're undead who cares it's right? true you don't need that well, much food yeah so it comes with all the typical stuff you expect some background information on the adventure path some suggestions on, on character information some new backgrounds yeah. uh, specifically for the campaign there's a uh map in a gazetteer of the city of gray dirge which uh you know lo lots of basic stuff all free online for you to to check out and uh, yeah if you're excited to hang out in uh, the nation of Geb and deal with undead, or maybe even play an undead yourself. Maybe checking out the player's guide will get you up to speed on some exciting stuff. And, and an additional thing for Blood Lords is uh, a special bit of a little, there wasn't like a, a full on blog announcement or anything, but this was included in the uh, comments for one of the AP volumes uh, from Andrew White, who is one of the members of the tech team at Paizo and is also very much in contact. It's kind of our direct contact between um, Paizo and the people working on the Foundry modules mm -hmm. that uh, he can officially, he's officially noted that Blood Lords is coming to Foundry, nice. uh, just like Outlaws of Alchemstar was, but there was a, a little bit of a waiting period to see how the Outlaws of Alchemstar uh, Foundry modules were doing to determine whether or not they were pulling the trigger on that, but it is happening. It might not Good line up with the exact street date of the first release but i think they're gonna try to catch up on that but it sounds <laughs> like foundry modules are doing well well enough to continue that uh okay. down the line with uh, future ap releases at least for the next six months i'm really glad to hear that i did peek at the outliers of alconstar one um and it's on my to-do list to grab the abomination vaults uh module as well so I'm really glad that those are doing well. Foundry it has so much capability, but a lot mm -hmm. of it is locked behind figuring out all the different tools. And so the fact that you can- time. Yeah, and yeah. time. Yeah. So the fact that you can get like a module that you can just pay for the module that just has all of the stuff you might've done and like 10 times as much, because <laughs> they have a bunch of just really amazing special effects. Uh, there's one section in one AP and I won't spoil where, but- one of them has like a, a ghostly figure wandering around and they've actually animated ghostly footsteps wandering between wow. a couple of these different rooms. And it's just wild to go in there That's and see that. Happen. <laughs> yeah. You just see these little footsteps on the ground, like that sort of pin to light and then fade away. And it's just so cool. Wow. That's great. <laughs> so yeah, more exciting reasons to check out Foundry if you haven't already to just, yeah the the amazing support there uh, both for the system and it's specifically for these adventures and i know i've seen some people working with that foundry team kind of asking around hey if we did some other adventures or some other ap's which one might you want to see so maybe there's some interest in trying to uh backfill the catalog i, I don't know the exact nature of things but um i i would be excited for them to go back and maybe do some of those uh, older ap's uh and, and give them the 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 triple A treatment that they've given at Laws of Alchemist and surely will give Blood Lords as well. Awesome. 
And I have one last thing that I've tracked down for news, which is an update from the Kingmaker 10th anniversary uh, crowdfunding project, which is update your shipping address. They oh. they said that the, the all the Kingmaker products are on their way now to the Paisa warehouse. <gasps> so that means that here in a, a, a few weeks or in, or in a month or two, they will receive those products and they will be shipping them out to all the backers. And they need to make sure they set up to the right place. The, this, <laughs> um, this project did fund uh, a few years ago. So some of you might not have the most up-to-date address at that point that you know, when you uh, gave your money and funded and, and supported it, you know, people move. I know you would have had the wrong address by this point. Yes, I just moved. Uh, <laughs> just moved. I, I have a beautiful green screen behind me, so you can't tell, but this room is absolutely full of boxes. I don't even have my desk anymore. I have a makeshift desk, but I think I've done an okay. Uh, thank goodness for the green screen to approximate yeah. that nothing has changed, except maybe my camera angle. <laughs> if you if you uh, supported Kingmaker and were expecting some products to be physically shipped to you, go update your address. Yes. Yeah, uh, there's instructions on how to do that on the latest update. And I guess look forward to that very soon. And if you didn't fund it or you know miss that window or whatever, I'm sure they will have product, a version for you to buy yourself here in a couple weeks or a couple months here as well for anyone that wants to jump in after the fact. That's so cool. It's happening. Kingmaker. So we're having <laughs> just so many, we will be just have an embarrassment of adventures and APs for 2E by, by the time Kingmaker's out. There's just going to be so much stuff. I'm excited to see that finally come to life, come, come, come to be in my hands. I, I've seen the, the final product because I, I know a few people at Paizo. Wait, say. what? <laughs> it's an enormous book and it looks pretty marvelous. That's awesome. Yeah, and I think that's all the news I was able to track down for the last few weeks. Like I said, Gen Con is happening. I, I think we will have one more episode, and then the episode after that, we'll be, we will be coming back and talking about what just happened at Gen Con. And uh, so it's very soon, and I'm sure we'll have a lot of new exciting stuff to talk about once that happens. Very cool. Uh, I'm looking up, uh, I'm sorry, I'm distracted. I'm currently looking up one of my shout outs that I meant to mention and then close the tab and I'm trying to find it again. <laughs> no worries. Uh, are you going to be at Gen Con? I will be at Gen Con. I will be physically there at Gen Con. So working you can come in by. an official capacity? I will be running Delves and working the booth, which I think we have a, a different booth compared to the years before. It's, you know, Interesting. Times have changed and we will have a smaller crew. Uh, there we won't have as many uh, staffers there so we'll need a, a different booth but I think we'll still okay. have a, a strong presence so you don't have the uh, same location that big like corner spot that I don't know I just I just know okay. we we have a different booth it might just have a different arrangement it might be a little smaller and might have might more space for tables to run delves and stuff I, I don't know the exact nature of what okay. it's going to look like quite yet because it's the first time we're doing it but I'll be there and come by chat uh, ask questions about products or the game or lost omens i'll probably tell you secrets and then when you go online and say luis told me this i'll be like i don't know who that person is and they'll never believe you <laughs> <laughs> very cool very cool uh, i will be, be there? there too uh yeah. I, i'm supposed to although i don't know that it's confirmed but i'm supposed to be getting a uh a press badge for no direction 
uh, to basically go and gather a bunch of news for this show, as mm-hmm. well as chat with folks. I'm, I have been experimenting for years on trying to do some sort of edited clips, even if they're audio clips or sound bites of like interviews from the floor. Um, I might try and do that. The mic I have uh, right now is not good for crowded, noisy rooms, but we'll see what we can do. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely going to be there. I'm not sure all of what I'm doing. I'm still trying to plan that out, but I'll, I'll be there one way or another. I, in fact, need to double check if I will be back in time for the next episode after Gen Con. Oh, I might, okay. I might be flying back. Yeah, I fly back the 8th, which would be that Monday right after Gen Con, which is when we would be doing another episode. So who knows? We might try to, we might have to try to get together and do a special live from Gen Con thing. Like we do the PaisoCon. Yeah, we can probably do that again. I I think that's probably (laughs) possible. (laughs) Special, special episode. That'd be cool. All right. Um, I think that if that's all the news, it's time for wrap ups and shout outs. Let's do it. Wrap ups and shout outs. Wrap ups and shout outs. Wrap ups, wrap ups, and shout out. <coughs> Am I closing <Sorry>. this out? <laughs> okay, I just, I'm just double checking. I'm still new to this. We're both still new to this, kind of. Hey, <laughs> thank you for listening to episode 280, 280. of No Direction. Yes, Gosh, the show's been around yes. forever. We've been around forever. Our Rise of the Eldamon episode. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, before we go, we have a number of different things that we like to uh, talk about. Shout out to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have one that I saw was really cool. Yes. Um, Reddit. There is a user Gwen Gunn who took the time to make all of the NPCs from Strength of Thousands as Hero Forge minis that you can go and if you go to this and and pull up a a given picture it has links to each of the minis that you can then you know if you wanted to uh, print off a a mini for yourself and use that at your table they they have all of those minis available for you to use as you like goodness you want to just make you know uh, pictures of them uh, with the minis or whatever it up to you but they they took the time to make it a bunch of different minis it's pretty cool that was a lot of work and they all look pretty phenomenal uh making the most out of hero forge and all all that it can do okay that is super cool yeah i'm i'm afraid that might me make mine seem less cool but i'm still happy about it so do you remember sean k reynolds mm-hmm. yeah he's kind of a big deal uh and yeah. wrote a ton of pathfinder stuff and a ton of uh original you know dnd stuff was he, a, a designer for, for Paisa. For he sure was. He sure was. So he wrote a, a Twitter thread that led to some stuff that I didn't even know existed, which includes a, a post to an article about Paizo deity article Easter eggs. So he wrote in a bunch of Easter eggs, which I think he wrote like all 20 of the core deity articles from what I know. Yeah, I believe so. And he wrote a bunch of really cool stuff. It's a really fun thread. If you're a <clears throat> Paizo lore junkie like I am, definitely go check it out. Yeah. It's on Twitter. Uh, and there are links to his blog articles that really have some interesting meaty stuff. Uh, a lot of them are like uh, different like heralds and notable followers of various deities that are sort of modeled after other 
um, other things in popular culture, in history, mm-hmm. kind of all over the place. Um, and really interesting. And I, I liked it, one, just because of being a lore nerd and also because yeah. I often also try and take inspiration from the world around me in various places uh, in, mm-hmm. in my stuff. Always telling my developers, of course, by the way, this is a reference to um, just in case they don't want to put it in. That's fine. But uh, one of them, like, for example, that I put in was a, rel- a reference to um, Marlowe, uh, Shakespeare's contemporary, as this like archon or whatever and so um i thought that was cool but i thought maybe i was like i don't know i know people do it but i was like maybe i'm not supposed to uh, but it was really cool to see uh, skr do the same thing on basically all of the gods articles <laughs> in inner sea gods way back in the day so if, if you're a big lore nerd and want to see that stuff definitely check out uh his his twitter article on that if you are in chat with us i have posted a link if not you can search for uh, Sean K. Reynolds, uh, Sean spelled S-E-A-N, uh, Sean K. Reynolds over at Twitter and look for that um, status. It's pretty cool. Very cool. I'm excited to look through it. I'm always, <laughs> I, I know I have access to so many people at Paisa, but even like getting a chance to still learn, like, where did this come from? There, there's occasionally times where I yeah. will turn to Eric Moner or whatever, turn to Donna turn chat, to. Right? <laughs> uh, asking hey wh- why is this a thing and, and then yeah. he'll give me the whole rundown and just kind of knowing the background of it I think helps so much with helping both maintain the setting but also like understand like oh that's a lot of cool stuff I didn't know this you know mm-hmm. Mona has a, a lot of like things he's read and stuff over the years that he of course everyone does this but you know, bringing a little bit of everything and, and kind of learning about more sources and, and cool literature and other cool stuff to to draw upon for inspiration is always fun very cool yes all right well that was fun any other mm-hmm. any other shout outs before we say goodbye to our fantastic audience i think i'd only like to shout out um uh the no direction network and its patreon and its amazing <laughs> discord and the amazing patrons that we're going to talk to in just a little bit that's right uh, so right after the show, we go onto our Discord and talk to our patrons in the patrons' private sanctuary, where they get to determine what the topic of the show is for that evening. And if you think that is super cool and you also want to do that, then you should go to patreon.com slash no direction, I believe. Um, yeah, I <laughs> thank so. you. I am so tired. Uh, so go there and become a patron and then link your Patreon account to your Discord account and you will automatically be led into the show. And if you're if you're also just looking for a way, like, how do I find the Discord? Well, guess what? You can get it from our website at nodirectionpodcast.com, uh, where not only will, will you find a very easy to use Discord invitation link, but also tons of uh, blog posts and other materials and commentary and reviews and all sorts of things uh, for your role-playing games. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, that's it. I look forward to <laughs> visiting the Sanctum. I don't have any other more shout outs, so let's get going to that then. All right, great. And and Luis, mm-hmm. if you need to find the path, you need no direction. No direction. 